0: This is Weird Religion, a podcast for people who know religion is weird but love it anyway. My
1: name is Leah Payne. I'm a historian, author, professor, and I still remember my very first partner skate at Skate World in Gresham, Oregon, my fourth grade crush, JJ.
0: Oh. Mm hmm. My name is Brian Doak, I'm a professor and biblical scholar and one New Year's Eve in the late 1980s when the oldest of us was not even 10 years old, me, my dad took me and my brother and sister to a roller skating rink. Our little eyes were like saucers and it was wild. Uh,
1: Today we're taking you back in time to 1986, the decade of skate nights, neon lights and glam bands. And
0: speaking of glam bands, we are talking with the writer, director Chris White about his new film, Electric Jesus, which is the story of a preacher's daughter who runs away to join a Christian hair metal band one fateful summer in 1986.
1: It's as the tagline says, the comedy you've been saving yourself for. Join us. (laughs) Join us.
0: So, yeah. You, so I, so we watched a film, you turned me on to this film. Oh my goodness. I watched it last night. It's called Electric Jesus, which I thought, okay, Electric Jesus.
1: The film is a delight, if I could say, (laughs) and I say this in in the, with the most admiration possible, it is adorable. A a film about a young woman in the 1980s, I I believe she's from Alabama Mm -hmm. and she runs away On the road,
0: preacher's daughter. A
1: preacher's daughter can relate to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I never ran away, but uh, she runs away to join a nineteen-eighties Christian heavy metal band.
0: What a great concept! I mean, how many <laughs> films are there even about Christian hair band metal bands? P- period. Okay, I want to. I want to go deep right away. Okay. 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 I thought this film was was wonderful, adorable. I enjoyed it so much. I had some I had some difficulty watching the film at certain oh, really? points, though. Was but it but let,
1: was it triggering? Let for me you? explain
0: why. <laughs> I there were a couple of moments where I just it was too cringy, not because of the filmmaking, but because I identified with it mm. a little too much,
1: mm-hmm. like memories of
0: growing up in those kinds of youth groups or hearing phrases like "We're just doing this to make Jesus famous." I was just like, "Oh man!" Like that was. I, I gritted it out, but it was, it was a little tough at points because I don't know, like maybe I just haven't dealt with like those childhood memories <laughs> or that, those feelings like that's on me. But you know, so kudos to that film for touching that nerve. There or was, that was a
1: nerve. Yes. You know, I watched it and there were several moments where I, I just thought to myself, how does this person know this? Because there are a lot of times, a lot of times Christian bands and especially Rock bands, mm-hmm. when they're when they're portrayed in mainstream media sources, um, like with with really high level filmmaking, mm-hmm. they are portrayed in I think very exaggerated kind of cartoonish ways. And the things that I felt when I was watching this young woman interact with these Christian heavy metal rockers mm-hmm. was it was cartoonish, but only in the right way, like because it only in the way that Christian <laughs> Christian bands can be a little bit cartoonish and it was sort of um well uh, no, there's
0: verisimilitude with that
1: yeah you know, yeah sure. yeah so um well do you do you remember a Christian band um that you listened to or that you interacted with as a child
0: you know as a child no because it, I mean the one was like Michael W. Smith
2: and
1: but even sometimes That's not a hair band. It, no, yeah. no,
0: just it, hair in the circles we ran <laughs> in. It wasn't even totally clear that it was okay to listen to Michael W. Smith because there was oh. a whole thing. Like maybe he was satanic. Oh, like there was okay. the issue of like the backwards imagery on one of his albums. <laughs> oh, no. And like the devil, in fact, is one who reverses things. So, and so I grew up
1: in a liberal setting is what you're saying. Yeah, Cause yeah, I grew total up with Stripes.
0: wild progressive. Yeah, I would. Um, there were some gestures towards things like this, but I just think it was confusing later. Like when I was in, maybe like college, I was really into delirious. Oh, okay. And they were a band that broke up in the early aughts, I think. But, um, and that not, not, not a hair band, although, um, definitely like that pro Christian Prague rock, you know, I, okay. So I went down this rabbit hole on just like the film, like looking because of course there's, you know, a famous actor in there from the office. Mm-hmm, um, and, mm-hmm. There's, uh, you know, just I'm like we won't who?
1: give you spoilers because the film's coming out.
0: I'm like, who are these? Who are these actors? Who's the writer? And I was going through this rabbit hole. And did you did you tell me did you tell me offline that you that you f- you know the, the 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 writer the director? Well, you, I, like did on in, or
1: something? I did get in, in contact with him. Yeah, because you know, as you know, weirdos, I'm working on a book right now about contemporary Christian music, and mm. and so I when I saw this film, I just thought. I need to when I saw the trailer for the film. <laughs> I need to be in contact with this person because this person knows this world. Yeah, well, clear, in a way clearly. that was just truly impressive. And so yes, we got to know each other. Question: Same as Chris White.
0: Chris White. Uh, cre- question for you. Yeah. Do you think you could get Chris White on the phone though?
1: <sighs> he's pretty big. Like I don't know if we can, on, but let's try. Get him
0: on the phone. Why not just call him? Okay. Like, If you just uh you know you've got his contact. Okay. We'll just text him. Okay. Ask if he's ask if he's around. Like where is he? He's in the United States. Like
1: all right. Just. Just, let's give him. A, let's give it a try. Just
0: dial him up. Just see what happens. What can go wrong?
1: Hello. <gasps> hey, Chris. Chris, how are you?
2: Uh, who's calling? <laughs>
1: this is Leah Payne and and my my colleague Wait. Brian Doke
0: <laughs> from Weird this Religion, is, the world famous this podcast. Is
2: Leah- Leah and Brian from Weird Religion yes
1: yeah we
0: just pop in on people sometimes
2: oh my gosh
1: thank you so much for taking our call
2: yeah I was up really late partying with all my Christian rock friends
1: (laughs) they party hard Oh, Uh, my
2: gosh. Yeah, they do. (laughs) I haven't had that much Dr. Pepper in forever.
0: Dr. Pepper binge. A lot of, like, tackling and jumping (laughs) on beds and stuff.
1: Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew. Hey, thanks for calling.
0: Hey. It's it's great. Thanks for being available to us. Are you cool to just chat about the film in whatever direction for, like, a few minutes?
2: Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Electric Jesus is coming out very soon. So, yeah.
1: Well we're really excited. I know it's getting close to the release date. When is when is Electric Jesus coming out?
2: N- November 2nd, it will be streaming everywhere. <laughs> um, and so, uh, well, uh, I'm sorry, US and Canada are November 2nd, and then we have other countries coming online after that. So if you, if you follow us on social media, we'll make sure everybody knows all the release
0: Oh, dates, but- c- congratulations, Chris, on this film. Like, was this I know sometimes filmmakers talk about like the struggle or the, whatever it is to get a film made. Like what was it like to get this made when people heard what it was about? Like, was it, was it were there
1: weird? Uh, reactions, yeah. What or? was the pitch?
2: Okay. So, um, so I produced the film, I wrote and directed the film and then produced it with my wife, Emily, who is also a screenwriter and a much better writer than me. <laughs>
1: um,
2: she really is. I'm faster. She's slower, but, um, as far as the writing goes, but, um, um and she grew up in a more fundamentalist Christianity she, um, mm-hmm. than I did. I was more Southern Baptist, which I guess uh, maybe sounds, I mean, it's pretty conservative, but hers is more like independent Baptist.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. Couldn't even be part of the Southern Baptist.
2: Mm, wow. Right. right, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we actually had Christian rock. She didn't, you know, mm-hmm. um, which was, a you know, a you know, that she, she's preferred it that way. I think like you, Leah, she, she heard real rock and roll music.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's true. It's true. I wasn't a huge Christian rock. I was just in like the Nirvana world, but anyway, anyway, you were saying, you're saying.
2: (laughs) No, but, um, when I told her, um, when we started developing the project six or seven years ago, you know, I just said, I, I want to write this movie about my church youth group friends, you know, inspired by that. And I think and I've also always wanted to make a, a rock band movie. And I love rock band movies where the band doesn't make it. <laughs> uh, like oh, yeah. That Thing You Do. Or, oh, you know,
1: yes.
2: You know, mm-hmm. uh, Almost Famous. Or Spinal Tap. The band doesn't make it. You know,
1: like, <laughs> <laughs> I love Spinal Tap. I'm glad you brought that one in.
2: Yeah. So, um, and the, my favorite. Oh, The Commitments is my favorite <sighs> rock band movie. And if you've not seen it, I highly recommend it. I have it. not seen it. So, I seen it. But I, I just kind of, I thought combining those two ideas of evangelical teenage uh, youth culture with uh, rock and roll would be fun. And I knew something of Christian music. I used to be a a listener of uh, contemporary Christian music. But, you know, pitching the movie, I did get a lot of just weird looks. And I felt, (laughs) you know what, (laughs) this is is the thing. I felt like I did maybe in high school when I would be listening to Christian music and know cool friends at school and would maybe be – you know, I wouldn't want to talk about, you know, the Christian music I knew because it, it was a little, I was a little ashamed. I was a little embarrassed that I liked, you know, right. like you were talking about Michael W. Smith. I, I wouldn't bring his name up. <laughs> yeah. in the conversation. Um, so I felt a little bit like that and kind of sheepish. And it was only after we made the film and sort of uh, going to film festivals and bringing it out into the world that I, I realized that lots of people, were CCM haunted like me. Mm. And, um, and, and uh, it became, it it was suddenly, I think I looked like a genius. It was, it was like, yeah, we've been, there's why nobody ever made a Christian rock band movie like this.
0: We need this. (laughs) We have to have a movie like this is what. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But it it really goes back to uh, you know, just the idea of writing what you know and writing from a place where uh, you there's a bit of sure-footedness about the world and and the characters and mm-hmm. so that's really where electric jesus came from for me
1: you know one of my favorite scenes and this is not going to be a spoiler because it's in the trailer and it's it's right at the very beginning where, um, mm-hmm. the so for for you weirdos jud nelson 80s icon jud nelson mm-hmm. plays the pastor um uh, the of uh, the pastor's daughter's dad um mm-hmm. and there's this really charming scene where it's these very sweet, a lot of them are elderly church people, are about to be ministered to by this <laughs> heavy metal band. Most
2: hard rock music does not glorify God. Mm. And
1: I yeah. I mean, I don't know. So I grew up in a as a Pentecostal pastor's daughter. And so we had like our own versions of that. And I remember my brother and I getting recruited to run sound for this like tiny little my dad's church was like 150 people. And so uh-huh. there this tiny little um, sanctuary and a heavy metal band came in and they were just like, they were up to 11 to use Spinal tap reference. <laughs> and I just remember like there were grandmas in there, you know. And so do you have personal experience with that too? Because that scene is so funny and so sweet at the same time.
2: I, I do remember um, concerts at church in the context of like a very traditional sanctuary <laughs> and there being, you know, a band has come in. In fact, um, and I, I, I met these guys after I made the movie, but there's some guys that I met that had a Christian band. Um, and nothing famous, but they, they did some touring and they told me the best story I've heard about that, which if I had heard this story before, I would have totally stolen it from the movie, but they were playing a little church in the South. They were, they were a rock band on the stage in the sanctuary kind of situation, Sunday night service. So you can be a little edgier.
1: (laughs) Right, right. Of course.
2: (laughs) And they started in with their Christian rock music and from the back of the sanctuary, this old man, like. World War Two veteran, eighty-year-old uh, <laughs> guy, um, just starts running to the to the platform to this in you know where this pulpit is and now the band's there and he's 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 red in the face and he's like no no oh and no he, he he came up on stage i mean can you
0: <laughs> oh, no, no.
2: and he just started putting his hands on the cymbals of the drums <gasps> like stop oh, no stop oh, oh, oh no i'm yeah, feeling and this they pain just,
0: this is painful they're
2: like to, you know, maybe 20 or something. And so they did, they're just holding their instruments and looking around. And you know, <laughs> the, the youth minister who booked the act, you know, like kind of sheepishly, oh, you know, they get man. some people to take the old man away. And then they're just kind of like, okay, guys, continue. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. <man>. Go ahead. <laughs> and so That's they did, great. they just started up the show again. But I mean, what a, a a microcosm of a Christian nightmare maybe
1: <laughs> <laughs> That is so funny Well you, you one of the things you do so well is you have these there are it's hard to explain unless you have experienced something like this yourself but there are lots of Easter eggs for people who grew up in in that kind of culture and I would love to hear you talk a little bit about how you struck the balance of, There's some things that are just funny and silly. Like, I think one of my favorite things is that many scenes take place in a skating rink, which is, it's hard to even explain why all those things go together, but they just do. Um, Uh, Yeah. How did you come up with that?
2: Well, the skating rink is the Christian teenager nightclub. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And uh, we call these drinks, I don't know if you guys had it where you grew up, where you... You put all the sodas from a fountain into a cup, and we called them suicides. It's
1: just suicide. Those are gross. Yeah, can't taste the spray.
2: Oh yeah.
0: We
1: called that them was... gra- we called them graveyards. What did you all call graveyards,
0: them? I don't okay. remember. I never liked that kind of thing, so I never got into <laughs> <Yeah>. it. But
2: <laughs> well, um, and that's like a Christian cocktail, right? That's just preparing you for like <laughs> cocktails.
0: That's as heavy as it can get.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um... <laughs> I, I, I think the trick for just artistically um, I took the approach of the film of, of I decide I definitely wanted to have fun with Christians but I didn't want to make fun of Christians and that's a aesthetic choice and there's plenty of things to really make fun of if not uh, uh, maybe um, satirize out of Christian culture and I, I think we get right up to the edge of Satirization, a little bit of parody right on the edge, but I want to keep it all pretty true because I think in that space, that's where we can find some empathy. So, um, and to me, the point of art is to create empathy uh, with people that might not otherwise have it. So I wanted to create a space where um, no matter your experience with evangelical youth culture or CCM or just, God or youth and belief or first love, all, all the things the movie's dealing with. I just wanted you to have a place where you could just go there and to your point, Brian, feel a little, uh, awkward <laughs>
1: uh,
2: triggered, uh, a little cringy. Um, I just wanted it to be true. Um, a lot of times movies that have teenage characters, uh, the coming of age kind of stories, they have the voice of the 40 or 50 year old person that wrote the characters. Mm-hmm. And and I like some of those movies actually. You know, I like it when the kids are smart and they say the right thing,
1: <laughs> yeah. to the
2: the the person they're trying to uh, impress or their teacher or whatever. But this was not going to be that movie. This mm-hmm. needed to be a thing where, you know, yes, I wrote it. I'm the author of it. But I really tried to get out of the way and just let those um, those ghosts in my head mm-hmm. um, say what they needed to say. What they and and a lot of times it. I mean, it definitely makes me cringe, you know, watching the movie, but it it felt true. It felt like it it was honest somehow. And, And my hope is that in that, Um, there's something valuable that comes out of that for the audience.
0: I thought, you know, and this is maybe not even so much a question for you, but like an indictment of me as a a film watcher. I was like, I was so sure like starting it that the film was going to take this turn of ridicule or, or like moral failure when this issue, I don't want to give away too many plot points. Right. But like there's this issue where the specter of like the moral failure of a Christian Mm -hmm. band out on the Mm -hmm. road is raised. And I was just like, I was just like so sure in my mind, I was so jaded. I was like, Oh, that's, that's what's going to happen. I was like, Mm -hmm. for sure. But Actually, I mean, in the end, there are many I, surprises. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I just thought to speak in a, in broad terms. It was almost like the failure of the band. It was almost like they were too faithful, in a way. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that's fair to put it that way?
2: Yeah, um, I don't think they sin. Uh, I'm just thinking that. As you're <laughs> like, right. I don't think they. I don't think they do mess up. They're just kids, you know. There, there is a scene, and it's one of the really cringy scenes uh, of the film. Is when. Um, the lead character is starting to fall for this girl. Mm. And of course uh, he never speaks of this to her. He just, <laughs> <laughs> Why would you He's just awkwardly in love with her, you know, uh, which is the story of my growing up. totally. <laughs> um, but then he, he sees her, uh, he sees her kissing a boy uh, in, in and he's, he sees that happen, you know, mm. and he, becomes enraged. Well, he becomes heartbroken, right? Right. He becomes like we all do, but in the context of that evangelical world, he asserts a kind of uh, moral superior- superiority. Uh, he, in effect,s I, I think our term is slut shames her, <laughs> right? Um, you know, you know. He he kind of takes a very pious. Uh, take with her. And, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. she she doesn't, you know, and and the thing is I always tell people, it's like, she didn't send, it's not a sin to kiss a boy. (laughs) (laughs) And and it's, and it's, but in that culture that could be uh, used against you, you know? So Mm -hmm. all those things, those dynamics of, of the band, I, I don't think, I think the kids are great, you know? And I think they, I think they're lovely. I don't know about their band manager, that Brian Baumgartner plays his role.
1: <laughs> He's um, funny. He's
2: he's, but he, but even that character, it's like, you know, we spent a lot of time just like Brian. You know, you believe this. You really do believe in Jesus, and you believe in Christian rock music, and you want people to get saved, and you want you believe these <laughs> kids like you believe it all. You just are right. You know, you've got you're a messed up dude.
1: <laughs> Y'all ready to rock? You're, you're talking about a tour. I'm
0: here to steal you from your mamas and daddies for the summer. The Rock and Roll Road Show. Praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. In case that name, Brian Baumgartner, doesn't ring a bell for any listeners, this is Kevin, Kevin. From, the, from the office. Like, Kevin, what, from the office. what was it? What was it like working with him?
2: It was. It was really great. Um, I, I when I first. Uh, Talked to him. I think our first conversation, I had, I had told him, you know, I'm going to have like six kids, you know, six young actors uh, are essentially the lead and you're like the ringleader, you know, you're taking them on the road. And I, I said, I always remember these stories of uh, Dead Poet Society and Robin Williams would kind of took those boys under his wing and became a friend and mentor when they were making that movie. And mm. um, that's what I want. You know?
1: So, you know,
2: I really want you to do that. And he just was like, I'm, uh, I'm in, I'll do it. And he had worked on a, in a stage uh, play with Robin Williams uh, back in the day and Oh, and cool. loved Robin, wow. Robin Williams and, and just like, Oh yeah, I heard those stories too, you know, growing up that those, so he, he did. And he, he really became friends and mentors and, you know, during the shoot, I mean, it was, it was, it was crazy. Like the first day he was sent, we shot in Columbus, Georgia and he came in, and I took him to dinner, and it was the first time we met, and we had a great dinner. And I said, Hey, do you want to go by the cast house? They all lived in a house together, all those kids. Oh. And he's like, Yeah. So on the way back, taking him to his hotel, we just crashed the house where they were all living, and we walk in, and they're all watching the office.
1: Oh.
2: <laughs> and and he, he goes in, and then they scramble to like turn it off, you know, like, right. Oh, no, 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 we're not watching the
1: office. <laughs> oh, that's that. so sweet
2: but it was it was really cool like suddenly Kevin was just walking amongst them um and 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 it was just great like that the whole time
1: you know? Oh that is so great you can tell that y'all were having fun I think it it's yeah, yeah. it feels you know I've watched it in in peak pandemic time and there was something so beautiful it's I mean there're a lot of ways you could classify the film but it's kind of like a road film too in some ways and just the idea of a bunch of kind of Wacky, sweet kids hitting the road. It just it felt good. i I encourage you all to watch it if you just want to be like, what what were the before times like when you could just kind of hang out with your squad? Yeah, the, there was something really sweet about that
2: well, i I hadn't seen these kind of Christian characters or religious characters. i I you know, if you see Christians in movies, they're either sinister, stupid. Or superheroes, if it's a if it's a Christian movie or a faith-based movie. Right. You know? So, sinister, stupid, superheroes, and it's like, none of the people I grew up with were like that. You know, we were way more Napoleon Dynamite, you know?
1: Right. Mm-hmm. God's oh, yeah. not
2: dead, or something. So, leaning into that and just saying, you can be, like, we could be very devout. We could really believe, I, I told this to Judd Nelson, I was like, you know, we when our youth group would get together, I know there was a time when we watched Breakfast Club.
1: Of course. Yeah. That's great.
2: In a in somebody's basement on a VHS tape. And we loved it. And we loved him. But we couldn't do anything he did. I just said we couldn't do the stuff that Bender does. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not at all. And he just thought that was so strange and charming. He was like, So you guys didn't like go get drunk and and like no, I mean, I, I guess maybe around the edges, maybe there was some drinking, but no, we were trying not to. Like, I was, I was trying not to have sex before I got married, and uh, you know, the uh, the typical uh, American coming of age is trying to,
1: right, right, have
2: sex or trying to get drunk, or right. and like the Christian youth. Co- I think that's one of the things that's really uh, sweet about that time was that we were we wanted to do all the things. But we were also trying not to do the things <laughs> It created some space for um, some relationships and some, um, in a weird way, some growing up that might not have happened otherwise.
1: You know, there's this scene I wanted to ask both of you, both you, um, Chris and Brian, to I, I wanted to ask you if you felt any kind of identification with a particular character, like if you were if you were in the film which character would you be?
0: <laughs> well, you know, the idea of just like, if you're in youth group and you, you know, a Christian youth group growing up and you know how to play an instrument, there's always this idea like, Oh, we're going to start a band. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. And so the idea of just like seeing these guys in these small settings, like, you know, uh, yeah. Anyone in the band or the lead singer, like that idea, like, and even just, I wanted to ask you too, Chris, about this phrase and there's, I don't think it's giving away too much. Like there's a phrase, we just want to make Jesus famous. And characters say that like maybe a dozen times or 15 times throughout the film. And then there's a little bit of a twist or or, or the hard coming of age moment around that phrase near the end. But I, yeah, was that like, was that a phrase that you heard or was that, was that a, a known phrase like from the time that a lot of bands were saying or like... I don't say say more about that phrase. It, we, it was and-
2: more um, that phrase. I mean, I, that came. I w- I was trying to there was a callback i wanted to build to Mm -hmm. and i needed something to just encapsulate it Mm -hmm. and uh that became the phrase you know we want to make jesus famous yeah um and and the idea also the struggle that eric's having with he he feels really guilty about wanting to be successful you know to be um ambitious for music Mm -hmm. and his and you know he meets this girl who isn't you know he says i you know he says i'm I think I like being behind the scenes and I just like, you know, serving, you know, Right. <laughs> and she's like, I, I love being on stage. I love it. <laughs> yeah. You know, sing and he goes, well, you gotta be, you, you know, you gotta keep your ego in check. You know, you gotta remember that you need to make Jesus famous and not yourself. Right. And she's just kind of like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and there's, there's almost like a tamping down of something that's, Naturally, coming out of this this character, this Sarah, I, I I wrote the movie thinking, as I wrote it, I was thinking I was Eric,
1: the mm. main character.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, he was me. I mean, all the characters are you when you're when you're writing. But then having seen it, you know, now that it's finished and and watching it now, when I see it now, the one I identify most with is Sarah. Mm. You know, I think I think she's me, wow. and I think she's something about me that wanted to go and make art and you know, don't, I don't hate where I'm from, but I want to go do something cool and great, you know? And, um, and so now that's the thing that really touches me when I, and, uh, when I see it. Um,
0: yeah, she brought a lot of energy too, just as an actor, like the energy yes, that she had, she there, was was a, wonderful. there was a kind of darkness there almost in a way. I oh thought yeah. It oh was, yeah.
2: That was, um, that's a little thing I stole from, um, I don't, have you guys seen Sing Street? The no, John no. Carney, the, he, he made once. Oh, uh, put it on your list. Sing Street's wonderful. Okay, it's okay. It's about an 80s. It's an Irish uh, kids in Irish uh, Catholic school in Ireland, and they start a band, basically a music video band. But there's there's a girl that the guy likes, and there's they just give hints and whispers of tragedy and darkness in her life, mm. and it comes across in very subtle, subtle ways. Mm. And, and so I wanted to fill Sarah's life. I give you a lot of clues about her, mm-hmm. about the fact that her mom has somewhat recently died and that there are a bunch of girls at home. And and that one scene where you can see uh, the kids shooting video in their house and yes. around the house and the house is kind of in disarray. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, so yeah, so I want there, it's very, I mean, it's very dark as far as her family and what's going on in that family. And that's Mm. something that Judd and I talked about with his character too, as the pastor, you know, he's, he's a guy who's probably the smartest person in town, most educated and a respected person, but he's, uh, he's far from God, you know, uh, when we get in, because he's, he's hurt and he's mourning and he's shattered and, um, and that was something, you know, meeting with Judd and talking to Judd about the character. We mostly just talked about the Bible. You know, we talked wow. about Bible stories. And, wow. Uh, he was raised Jewish, but he, you know, he's he is very knowledgeable about both Old and New tes- Testament and, and wanted to talk about all that. Wow. I, I just kept thinking, man, if I could just go back in time and tell my youth pastor that if you just <laughs> give me 35 years, I'll
1: actually <laughs> –
2: Talk about the Bible with Judd Nelson. Come on, do I have to do the visitation thing or?
1: Oh my gosh! Do I have
2: to share my faith at school. Can I just do Judd Nelson in
1: several years? You know? I, I'm sure your youth pastor would have been like, "Yeah, totally cool, man." <laughs> um, yeah, I, yeah. I I have a I have a question about that, like, because because the whole pastor's kid motif is pretty. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not like the main thing that you walk away with from this, but one pastor's kid to another, I have to ask, did you, I mean, has your dad, um, is, is he still around? Has he seen this film? Like, did, were you thinking? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't oh, you say um, no, that?
2: My dad's not a pastor.
1: Oh, okay. I thought I heard no, you no, say you no. were a pastor's kid. Okay. Okay. Never mind. No, no,
2: no. I'm a, I'm a Southern Baptist deacon's kid. <laughs> oh,
1: deacon's kid. Okay. Well, that's a whole other <laughs> I mean, thing.
2: Yeah. It's, that's not, it's, and that's not a serious. Issue. Oh,
1: okay. Okay. No. I mean, well, I mean it. It's an important role, I guess, but um, but I I was like the 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 pastor role was a really interesting. You could tell that that something about the way you shot it. I thought this guy knows what it's like to get the old people complaining, and then also the the young people needing their own kind of like yeah, cultural yeah. outlet.
2: <laughs> I think that was something a part of my growing up that um, my church really. And I think this happened across uh, a lot of evangelicalism, uh, especially after um, Jesus music starts blowing up in the '70s. Is they is they kind of adopt this attitude of we don't really like this music or totally get it, but it seems to reach the kids. <laughs> right. We're, mm-hmm. we're we're trying to communicate the gospel to this new generation, uh, aka the baby boomers, and they're not hearing it the old ways. Mm-hmm. And so there's actually a lot of. Uh, generosity by that older generation to, to let the kids have their music uh, and grow their hair long, <laughs> um, which is, you know, it's kind of interesting. <laughs>
0: did, did making this film or, or even just around it, or maybe independently of it, give you any insight into like, what's, what's the kind of Christian hair metal bands, you know, metal band scene today? Like, is is this a thriving scene
2: yeah. now? Um, there is a little bit of, um, so just in general, after yeah, at some point, and there's a lot of theories as to why this happened, but the the industry kind of turned into praise and worship uh, music, or music that's specifically designed for worship, mm-hmm. um, and then and then songs about Jesus or maybe more discipleship or evangelism, you know, those kind of that kind of music kind of died away, you uh. know, just like. You know, like when you think of like a, a, a classic Petra album or mm-hmm. DeGarmo and Key, you know, or even an Amy Grant uh, uh, record, you know, they're talking about Christian life and trying to be more like Christ, or maybe they're sharing their go- the gospel in the songs. Um, and that is not so much a thing anymore, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's just because the industry sells a lot of worship music. Um, some uh. people think it's because churches started having bands and, you know, you know, our church bands as good as any of these bands on the road. So why don't you right. just listen to our church? Band?
0: Well, I thought, okay, so let me try out this theory. What about this theory? You, you have yeah. someone like Sufjan Stevens making like almost explicitly Christian music and he's just, he, he's going to blow anybody out of the water or you have you too. although you can't leave behind that album that came out in 2000. It's like, yeah. you've got mainstream acts doing that now. And so it's like, is that a reason too?
2: Yeah. I mean, I would say, I mean, you mentioned two of my favorite artists. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Mine too. Um, Um, I, I, um, I think, I think some people just, it's, it's still what is alive in Christian media now, thus, you know, uh, why our religion is weird. (laughs) (laughs) There, there is an ecosystem where Christian media tells Christians that everything's going to be okay, right? I'm giving you the world you imagine and hope for, I'm just serving it up. Mm. uh god is not dead and here is a movie that affirms that
1: mm. um
2: and and a lot of that's getting very political um almost more political than it is even i don't i don't know that's all that evangelical <laughs> or or um but but there is a christian media ecosystem that's just telling you the things you wanna hear. Mm. Um, It's not even propaganda. I mean, it is Jesus propaganda, a lot of it, but it's not really, the aim isn't propaganda, it's more just reassurance. So I think that for those of us who started encountering music and and art and wanting it to be challenging or fascinating, Mm. (laughs) um, I think just as taste developed, you know, I mean, I listened to a lot of Christian rock music, and U two was a gateway drug to
1: <laughs> <laughs> the gateway drug. Yep. Funny. It's not
2: too far to get from like you know the Joshua Tree to you know suddenly I'm listening to REM, um, and then REM is
0: like you know, <laughs> how dare you? South.
2: I mean, they're they're the band, you know. So. Um, it, it is uh you know striper um still makes really overtly christian records in the kind of way that they used to i mean like i mean they have an album called god damn evil
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, and it's awesome and it's, I, like, I like striper songs are getting better <laughs> music is getting heavier and better um so I mean, and they're you know Michael Sweet and those guys they don't hold anything back. Um, uh, I met the guys in Bloodgood, another big Christian band, and the same thing, you know they they're you know even even somebody like um, Glenn Kaiser of resband who maybe musically is more exploring blues spaces, but he's still unabashedly like Christian in his. Um, in in, uh, his presentation to an audience and when he talks about um, it's like going to a revival service (laughs) Um, so there's still some of those people doing that but I think the market itself is more uh, praise and worship um, or you just you just have to be a good band Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) so for those of you who grew up knowing what the acronym CCM means, Contemporary Christian Music, for those of you who don't know, you will you will feel all kinds of ways when you watch this film. <laughs> um, but I did want to ask you, Chris, if you've interacted with people who have no familiarity with this world mm-hmm. and what their responses were to it. Mm.
2: I did an interview just the other day um, on Sirius, uh, XM with a woman who does a great uh, kind of a talk show about music and 80s stuff. And she said, where did you come up with the name for the band 316? And I was like, (laughs) that's so sweet. "Um, Oh my. "Um, Well, um, you know, it's that Bible verse and, you know, and I found myself like quoting John 316 from memory and saying, yeah, it's kind of like the main verse in all the Jesus stuff. It's, it's like the the one. (laughs) That's so sweet. That totally makes sense. And she's like, you learn something new every day. It's like, what? There are people that don't know this? <laughs> no, but um, um, I think, uh, yeah, I, I, one of the biggest, there are two groups that seem to like the film the most or maybe are most vocal online in social media when they find the film or see it at a film festival. And I think this will intensify once the movie's everywhere. Um, two groups that seem to really... Uh, become evangelists for Electric Jesus. <laughs> one of those groups is definitely people that were into Christian rock um, and are, are still pretty devout. Like Christians who love Christian rock and and people will literally say, you know, I feel seen. I feel like you, <laughs> you know, I've heard guys in Christian bands that never made it just saying, I felt like that was our story. Oh wow. Yeah. And and um, and then the other group is just people who have uh, deconstructed and left faith or, um, you know, ex evangelicals, um, people that are just no longer would consider themselves Christians, but had, uh, a time when they were a part of a youth group or a part of that when they were younger. And they are just kind of, I mean, almost to a person, there's a wistfulness there. Mm. Um, and, and not, not like, oh, now I believe in God, you know, kind of, or now I'm going to go to Southern Baptist Church, you know, tomorrow or something, but more like I had forgotten, you know, I had just erased so much of that world. Um, and there was a, a sweetness and a nostalgia, uh, an affection I have for that, that I'd forgotten. And, and they really seemed to resonate with the film. Um, and I got to say, you know, my experience with that culture, you know, I... It, it was actually pretty charming and and though there were some things that were certainly not necessarily healthy or good maybe for me it, i i wasn't uh I wasn't I didn't suffer abuse or uh a trauma in that and a lot of people have
1: right and yeah.
2: and that may be something where you like you come across a movie and you're like you know you know well that would be great if everything was that rosy as that movie makes it seem but it was really traumatic for me and i i i don't discount that at all i just can't tell that story because you know my story was um kind of lovely mm. um though i will say that going and writing the movie was an act of uh uh interrogating that and mm. wondering you know uh what did that mean and what was that? And is there something for me in that? And I think that, um, I think maybe that's a way nostalgic nostalgia can be useful for us. If, if, if we're looking at it in a way of, uh um, maybe what does it mean now instead of just getting lost in sentimentality, um, which can be, you know, might be not healthy. Um, but yeah, that's, (laughs) yeah, that's where the, that's where the the world of the film really um, is for me.
1: well, I you captured that so well, and I really appreciate you acknowledging the mixed experiences that that people can have in that mm-hmm. very absorbing subculture that that existed and and in some ways still exists in in different ways. Um, one of the very funny things, because I know you can't talk with us forever, but one of the funniest things, just just to give you all, something to look forward to if you're listening is, is the unintentional double entendres that evangelicals (laughs) tend to do. Oh y'all, you need to check out the soundtrack to electric Jesus because you, you guys, you must've had so much fun putting that together because there's tons of that.
2: Yeah, um, you can stream Electric Jesus music from and inspired by the motion picture now. Um, so it's out. Our,
1: Excellent. Um,
2: and, there, and if you like, if you're a vinyl person, it's in your record store. If it isn't, they can get it. Nice. Um, it's a double LP. Uh, speaking of Sufjan, uh, Daniel Smith, who produced Sufjan's first record, is uh, made our music. Um, he's uh, known for a band called Danielson Family, which was a tooth and nail band early on, but so much more. Um, than that Danielson family uh, Daniel Smith or he's an incredible incredible person but when we wrote the songs I I came to him with these cheesy lyrics uh, written in the written like a 15 year old a very devout 15 year old who (laughs)
1: listened
2: to a lot of metal and um, I said these don't have to be the words but this is you know when you're writing a screenplay you kind of write those words in he goes okay let's Let's make these. Let's make these songs, and um, the big song that you're talking about is a song called "Commandos," "Commando for Christ."
1: <laughs> Yo, <Eric. laughs>
2: and 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 now it's it's playing off the idea of you know there is a lot in Christian rock and metal. Yes. You know, Christian warfare song. Like yep. we're, we're, mm-hmm. you know, Onward Christian soldiers may have been the first in that genre, but um, so it's a Christian war song, but um, and it's encouraging <laughs> the young believers to all go commando.
1: <laughs> it's so funny. It's, it's so a good funny. Song.
2: It's just a good, it's a good it song. It actually is. It's, it's, I know. I know. Like I i it, a lot of people have told me that they're like, and that was something that Daniel, we said, we're going to make these songs so good. That people who hate Christian anything are just going to have them on their playlist and and be undeniably, you know, hooked on the songs. <laughs> and I think we succeeded that, especially with Commando. But
1: oh yeah, the, mission uh, accomplished.
2: Yeah the 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 uh, the the hair or the the hair metal ballad, uh, uh, girl, I love Jesus too.
1: <laughs> that is, one was so good. <laughs> I actually. Um, oh, go ahead
2: no i i I think that song has uh, is worth listening to a hundred times, so I'm really happy with with Daniel's music. I was so such a privilege to work with him.
1: Well, congratulations. I can tell that this film is a labor of love as well as as just really fun a fun moment in time and a really great moment to consider the meanings of all of these material cultures that that a certain set of evangelicals like to create. So thank you so much for spending time with us talking about it. And and thank you for yeah. your attention to this. Yeah. It, was, it was great.
2: Yeah, this is fun. And I love what you guys do. I think you um, have a great... There's, I don't know. There's just something that I like how you say we're... Uh, what do you say in your intro? We're, we're Christians who acknowledge that it's really weird. You know, <laughs> Something like Christian that. Christian it's
1: weird. Really weird. You like it anyway. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. You, it's weird You like it anyway, because there's so many, everybody likes weird stuff. It's just not, you know, everybody has strange little cultural quirks they're totally into. And, and it's fun to make fun of everybody else's weird things. Um, but, and then you've, somebody points a finger at you and say, well, that's really weird too, you know? And so, yeah, I, I just love your, the way you guys, uh, look at the world, uh, through that lens and, and actually do make something like, uh, that blend of, uh, Christianity and pop culture. Um, it it makes it something, it's a fun way to look at the world.
0: Thank you so much, Chris. Thank
1: you, Chris.
0: (laughs) Hey, thanks for listening, weirdos.
1: Keep it weird, everyone. We're trying to help. For extras on subjects covered in this episode and other related jokes, don't forget to follow us on the socials and visit our website, weirdreligion.com. Our production
0: features musical stylings by me um, (laughs) at points, um, but our official theme music is by Cassie Blum.
1: And our album artwork is by John Williams. When
0: you podcast,
1: podcast with us. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Cool. In
2: the summer of 1986, I ran sound for a Christian heavy metal band. Three, check, 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 six, I'm down here! Ten. yo, Eric!
1: Do you have a girlfriend?
2: Not so much.
1: Jesus never had a girlfriend, except maybe Mary
2: Magdalene.